Well, hi and welcome to Elevation Church Mandra's uh, online experience for today. I know that Chris has already welcomed you, but I just want to say a big hello from Rachel and myself, whether you're maybe joining us for the very first time and you've never been uh, online or even physically with us this morning, or whether you're uh, here every week, uh, but now you get to sit on the lounge in your jammies on this Anzac Day. I want to say a massive welcome from us uh, to you and thanks for your flexibility and being part of the of the online service this morning. So uh, I thought this morning we're just going to roll through in terms of our series and topics we've been speaking on. Uh, if you were with us last week uh, and the week before, you would know that we've been speaking about uh, the Holy Spirit. So the series has been called I Need a Ghost. And so in, in no way do we think over you know two sort of three weeks that we've uh, covered everything uh, we need to know about the Holy Spirit. You know, we'll, we'll never really uh, cover that uh, in, in this lifetime. But hopefully uh, by the end of today, coupled with last week and the week before, uh, if you've never heard much about the Holy Spirit, hopefully these weeks have given you a bit more of a, of a foundation. Uh, maybe you're watching now and you've known a lot about the Holy Spirit, but our prayer is that there's this renewed sense of reliance upon him and him working uh, in and through our lives or, or or maybe you know you've experienced some some strange things that were you know attributed to the holy spirit but were probably just you know strange and con concerning things you know it can be easy to let a um past experience define our future in a whole bunch of different areas in life in fact, I remember uh, growing up uh, in our family, our Christmas tradition was that we would spend uh, Christmas Day with my mum's family in Sydney. Uh, then we would get in uh, various cars, but one that really uh, I remember was this green Sigma station wagon that we had. We would get in early on Boxing Day and we would drive from Sydney to Melbourne uh, to go and visit my uh, my father's family who were all in Melbourne down there and so, you know, wonderful three boys in the back of the Sigma with the Boxing Day test on the, on the radio. You know, such a, such a great experience uh, over and over again year after year. But there was one year where we stopped at McDonald's and, you know, for a 10-year-old boy it was like, yes, Maccas! And back in our family um, was sort of healthy, so Maccas wasn't a regular occurrence. But I remember this time, I ordered a sausage and egg McMuffin and so I was pretty excited about this sausage and egg McMuffin but the problem was a couple of hours later after the car trip the sausage and egg McMuffin was pretty excited to make a reappearance again uh, back out of my mouth without being too uh, without paying too much of a scary picture for you but can I tell you from that day on I have never ever in my life ordered a sausage and egg McMuffin again have I been healthy and had kale for breakfast every time? No, I've just gone the bacon and egg McMuffin every time at Macca's. But it's so easy to let a past experience define the future of something in our lives. But I wanna encourage you this morning that as we dive in and discover more about the Holy Spirit, we're gonna speak about spiritual gifts today. And if you've had a poor experience in the past, uh, don't let doubt stay around and rob you of the joy and the power and the promise that is in the Holy Spirit. 
Now, as a church, we believe that those who follow Jesus should desire and pray for the various spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit makes available at his discretion to all of us. But as we begin this discovery of our spiritual gifts, you might be thinking, well, what, what, is a, what is a spiritual gift? It sounds pretty churchy. Is that just all that you know, church stuff like preaching and praying out loud and singing worship songs and all that, all that sort of stuff? And while those things do play a part in our spiritual gifts, they're definitely not the only ones. And in the Bible, in the New Testament, Paul, who wrote about three quarters of the New Testament, um, he speaks about four different words that are all sort of used interchangeably uh, to explain and describe the spiritual gifts. Now, we're not going to have time to you know, go into each individual word, but uh, a little bit of a summary of what's meant by spiritual gifts is this, is that they're, they're a gift or a present. They're spiritual things emanating from God's spirit. They're a free gift, a gift of grace. And I love this phrase. They're a concrete expression, a physical manifestation of God's grace. You're like, well, what, is, what does that mean? Well, that means that God's grace, which is his love and forgiveness towards us that we didn't deserve, is not something physical that you can see. We can't paint one picture and say, well, there's, there's, here's, here's a picture of, of God's grace. You can't, you know, look down the road and go, oh, there, there goes God's grace, you know, just, just running down the road there. But when spiritual gifts are used, what they do is they give us a physical expression of that grace, of that love, of that forgiveness that God has for us. Why? Because the gifts are given freely. They aren't earned, they aren't worked for, they aren't achieved. Uh, they're a little bit like a, like a surprise gift. Um, you know, growing up in, I'm not sure what your family was like, I feel like I'm talking a little bit about childhood, being a bit nostalgic uh, here today, but our family's tradition was that uh, uncle and aunties would send um, money, so cash, in birthday cards. And so we got that until we were 18, and after that, you know, you're on your own, son, you know, work it out, work it out yourself. Um, and so, of course, uh, growing up as a you know teenager, you would always expect, and you'd be calculating in your head, okay, well, you know, this uncle gives this amount, this auntie uncle gives this, and this auntie uncle, he's the bank manager, so they always give more. So you know, and so you so you're working through this, um, you know, just this system of who's giving you what to you know save up for your 1990s Atlanta Braves jersey. That was me, or whatever, or whatever it is for whatever it was for you, but. The Holy Spirit's gifts towards us are not like that because I expected it. I was counting on it. We could write it down with a list that this, would be, this person would give this much and this person would give that much. But the Holy Spirit, when we approach Him and spiritual gifts, we don't approach Him with an attitude of entitlement. We don't expect that He should give us these special abilities. And in the same way, we don't have to try and work or be good enough to receive them. The Bible says this, this is Paul writing in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 11. It says, It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So, so what are these spiritual gifts? What are these physical expressions of God's grace? Towards us. Well, in the Bible, there's 
three sort of main passages of these gifts. We aren't going to go through and read them all now, but you know, since we've got you know locked down till well, hopefully it ends on on Monday. Maybe you could write down these scriptures, do a little bit of research on them. And so the three passages are one Corinthians twelve from verses four to thirty-one. We read part of that before. Uh, then Paul speaks about it again in Romans twelve verses six to eight. And then one last time he speaks about it in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 12. And so uh, there's all these lists of spiritual gifts and, and scholars have sort of tried to group these all together. And there's, there's some debate, but there's, there's a really good guide that I'm going to share with you just to, just to go on. So there's what we call the gifts of leadership. And so those are uh, apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors evangelists, the gift of administration, and obviously the gift of leadership. Oftentimes scholars group uh, all those gifts together under this, um, under this blanket of leadership. Uh, then the next one is the, is the blanket of um, practical assistance. So under that is the spiritual gift of service, of generosity, and of mercy. And the third group, uh, sorry, third, three of five, the third group out of five, uh, is what we call the gifts of power. So that's the gift of faith, gifts of healings, gifts of miracles. Then there's the, the group of the gifts of revelation, such as word of wisdom and, and a word of knowledge. Then the final group is the gifts of worship. That's the speaking and interpretation of tongues, of prophecy and of discernment or dis distinguishing spirits. So many times these gifts have been like over-spiritualized but if you have a look at them, many of them are actually like really practical. So the gift of mercy is a really practical spiritual gift. The gift of generosity, the gift of leadership, the gift of administration, the gift of teaching. These are spiritual gifts, but they manifest in a very practical way. And so what we want to do uh, for the rest of the time today is, is ask this big question. Is So how do we use these spiritual gifts? If they're given by the Spirit at his will, and they're available to us who follow Christ, then, then, then what's his purpose? And I sort of spoke a little bit about this last week when we said that we need to be kingdom-minded uh, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, that he's not there just to improve our golf game, you know, make sure we, you know, get the right, uh, you know, the right mark on the exam, but, but we need to be kingdom-minded when it comes to the Holy Spirit. And so he gives us his gifts for um, a couple of reasons. Our first one is this, is to spread the good news of the gospel. In Acts 3, uh, Peter and John, who were two of uh, Jesus' disciples, they're heading to the temple for 3 p.m. prayers when they see, uh, they see a man who's lame. And then this is their response. This is Acts chapter 3, verses 4 through to 8. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, Look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money, because he, he was there begging. Um, but Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. Verse 7, Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. 
Now, obviously, right there, that's the spiritual gift of healing and miracles. It's used, obviously, to bring that physical restoration uh, to the man that was there. But also, in a bigger scheme, in a bigger picture, it's used to show and demonstrate to him and the wider community the good news of the gospel. And maybe you're here and you're, you're thinking, oh, that's you know, great for the disciples, you know, all the way back then. But, you know, I'm just a FIFO mining and driving trucks or I'm a, you know, admin assistant working in the office. I'm, I'm not sure if I could pray like that and work in the same gift. And maybe not, but maybe you could open up your life to more of the Holy Spirit and see what he wants to work through you. Or maybe for you, there's a gift, a special ability from the Holy Spirit. Uh, a word of wisdom that you have for someone in, in your workplace or maybe in your school or your university and it takes a step of faith to step in confidence of God and as a co-worker or you know peer or student or friend is you know sharing about a situation in their life instead of this time instead of just sort of listening and nodding your head there's something of the Holy Spirit just rising up inside of you and, and, and you have that boldness and you speak out and you say something like you know look this might sound really strange but I get this sense that if you approach that situation in this way or you thought about what happened with this different perspective then maybe you'd see a change in your life and, and and you start to speak and this has happened to me many times where you're even shocked about what's coming out of you now it's like oh man that's that sounds really wise like that sounds really good I must be plugged into something bigger and greater than myself and you know you don't have to over spiritual like and be like you know oh, I've got this special word of wisdom from the Lord most high for you today no no just very naturally on the surface but very supernaturally, under the surface, on the inside, it's the Holy Spirit can use you to bring that word of wisdom to influence, like I said, a friend, a co-worker, a family member, and draw them closer to discovering the truth of Jesus Christ. And so the first reason that the Holy Spirit uh, gives us these spiritual gifts is to spread the gospel. And, and the second purpose, which... Uh, what I shared just leads straight into is that spiritual gifts help us accomplish our supernatural assignment. You see, I want to tell you that God has an assignment for you which is far bigger, which is far broader than just having a good life, raising a nice family, doing some charity, charity work, um, you know, retiring and playing golf or garden or fishing or do aqua aerobics or travel around Australia in a caravan or, you know, be close to the grandkids or whatever your retirement dream is. All that stuff is great, but God has actually called us to something bigger than that. We're called and commissioned by Jesus to partner with him in building his kingdom, in making disciples wherever we go and seeing heaven being brought to earth. It's the task of shaping our families, our workplaces, our schools, our universities, our businesses, our community groups, our, our companies, so that they begin to look like what they would look like if Jesus was in charge, if Jesus was running. That's bringing the kingdom of God to this earth. And that's a big deal. I want to tell you, that's a supernatural assignment 
parents, grandparents, you're called to be, you're called to a supernatural assignment to raise your children, to do more than just stay out of trouble and stay in school and don't do drugs, but you're called to raise them to be sons and daughters of God. You're called to create an environment in your family where God dreams can flourish, where the next generation of Jesus followers are stirred to seek far greater things than we've seen. That's, that, that, that's part of the power that God speaks to us. Uh, you may have a job and a profession and, you know, with hard work and natural talent and abilities and the giftings you've been given and, and those things you've developed in your life over the years, you, you, you'll succeed and do well, no doubt. But there's actually more. You can stay on that natural level and, and that's fine. There's an invitation this morning from the Holy Spirit for a supernatural assignment that's even greater than that. And, and, and you know, it's funny, even... So while I was preparing this message just down, just down the hallway on Tuesday, I, I just really felt like Holy Spirit speak to me and to, and to stop right in this moment and, and, and pray. And obviously on Tuesday, I didn't really be doing this via camera, but I'd just love to encourage you right now where you are, wherever you are, in your lounge room, uh, watching in bed, in, in your jammers, would you just take a moment? Would you maybe you know, put your hands forward, uh, put them put them out in surrender to God and just pray, Holy Spirit, would you give us a new sense and a new reality that I'm on a supernatural assignment? That the Holy Spirit, I, I'm praying right now that the Holy Spirit would reveal to many right now that supernatural assignment you have for them right now where we are. I thank you, Spirit of God, that you're going out to people's lives, even right in this moment now, and you're illuminating things in their mind that you're showing them that they are on a supernatural assignment. Our natural assignment is important, and it's important to work hard and you know develop our natural abilities and skills and do all those things, study hard at school, but God has something even greater for you, and that's a supernatural assignment to spread the good news of the gospel, to see the kingdom of earth be influenced powerfully by the kingdom of heaven. And then the third thing that spiritual gifts do is spiritual gifts help to build up the church. And when we're talking about church, we aren't meaning the building, which none of us are in today. We're, we're talking about the people. And each time that Paul lifts the spiritual gifts, in those three occasions that I gave you earlier, it's always in this context of, of building up and encouraging the church and he uses this picture of the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12.7 says, A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Ephesians 4 verses 12 through to 13 says, So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. Oftentimes we always think that this requires like a microphone and a, and, and a stage. And yes, while obviously preaching and teaching uh, tends to happen that way. Um, and you may have seen uh, myself or, you know, someone else on a, on a Sunday uh, have what we call a word of knowledge or a prophetic word for someone in the congregation. That's where we say, you know, I just feel like God wants to encourage you with this. But, but, but that's only one aspect a very narrow, very small aspect of how spiritual gifts are encouraged um, and how they encourage us, sorry, and, and build up the church. 
you know, pretty much exactly 12 months ago when we were in um, lockdown and had no physical services for 12 weeks. You know, we, we activated members of our ministry and prayer team and, and we gave them uh, a list of names of people that call Elevation Home. We didn't give them any other details or anything like that. We just gave them a list of names and we said, uh, we want to encourage you as you pray. If you feel led, if you feel a word of encouragement for someone, would you would you send it in to, to reach the nine and we'll, we'll get it out to them. And, and we had, I think it was over 30 towards 40 different words of knowledge or words of encouragement that came from a prayer team, not because they had a microphone, not because they had a stage, but just because they had a sense, a hunger and a thirst to use the spiritual gift that God had given them to build up and to encourage each and every one of us, encourage us the church, encourage the church, sorry. Uh, I've heard of amazing acts of generosity of, as people have given to others in the church of goods or finances when they felt led by the Holy Spirit. I know there's been many practical acts of service to help people move house or complete a project and, and that's a spiritual gift put into action. You know, our life groups provide such a powerful platform for that to happen as, you know, community is built and relationships are formed and spiritual gifts are activated there. I know of people who have prayed and joined their faith with others to journey through to see them have breakthrough in their families or healing or work situation. Uh, still more people have, have opened their homes to others when accommodation was needed and shown that gift of, of generosity. And I'm not just talking about the sleepovers that happen between families of teenagers after youth on Friday night. There's been, there's been a whole bunch of other occasions where that's happened. And all those things, they don't require a stage. They don't require microphones or lights or anything like that. Yet they build up and encourage the church in a powerful way. I'll finish with this. This is in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11, verse 9 to 13. It's Jesus speaking about prayer. He says, he says this, So I say to you, keep asking, and it will be given to you. Keep searching, and you will find. Keep knocking, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who searches, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? To those who ask, sorry. We don't earn, we don't work for, or we don't demand our spiritual gifts, but we do ask. And notice in that text, you read there's that persistency in the ask. It's not just a one time, oh, please, God, and then, okay, five seconds later, nothing's happened. See you later, mustn't be for me. There's this persistent ask. And I relate it to, I know we don't all have children, but we've all at some stage been a child. It's, it's like that persistent ask that, that, that kids have. I know there's the annoying ask that the kids have, the, Dad, I'm hungry. Mom, I want this. I don't want to go to school. You know, those, those sorts of ones. But I'm not, I'm not talking about those type of asks. I'm talking about the persistent ask 
hey, Dad, hey, Mom, can we, can we do this? I'd love to be able to. That, that persistent where they come back again and again and maybe they have a plan this time and they want to get a pet and they're like, you know, I promise I'll do all the jobs. I'll pick up their poop. I'll do, do all this sort of stuff. There's this persistent ask, something that comes to us and we're like, you know what? There's persistency. There's commitment. There's humility in that ask. Yes, I'll, 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 I'll give it. And that's the type of ask that God is requiring of us to bring to him. To say, Father, I want to see your gospel spread across the city, spread across my world. And so I'm asking, would you pour out your spirit? Would you fill me with spiritual gifts? Would you let your Holy Spirit just, just come so that I can spread your gospel, so that I can build up the church, so I can play a role in what you have? It's that type of ask. It's the, we talked about last week, the first we must thirst. It's the thirsty ask. That's the type of ask that Jesus is speaking of. But that heart, that deep heart of desire, that type of ask, uh, I, I want to encourage us this morning, uh, uh, right now, across, across this day, across this week, would we have that type of ask? Would we say, Holy Spirit, Come and fill us. Come and fill us with your power. Come and fill us with your boldness. We desire your gifts to see people influenced for the gospel. And so this morning, I'd just love to encourage you. Would you bow your head and pray with me? This morning, God, I thank you for each and every single person here. God, I thank you right now that we desire, we desire your spirit to be poured out in a powerful way over our lives. We desire those gifts of mercy, of generosity, of teaching, of leadership, of um, practical service and assistance. Would you just come and fill us in such a powerful way with your spirit so we can see those things come through our lives to bless your church, to reach out to others. God, we thank you. We have a thirst and an ask for your Holy Spirit to come into our lives right now. We thank you, Jesus, for that. And this morning, maybe the first ask that you have is that you would come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, we talked about that you can't, you know, paint a picture or just see God's grace walking down the road because it's, it's far too big, it's far too unimaginable to be, you know, put into just one spot. But I want to tell you this morning, no matter what you're facing today, no matter what your life or your culture or your background has been, that Jesus loves you so much. He has a purpose and a plan for your life. And that this morning, I'm going to say a prayer that commits our heart to Jesus Christ. And if you believe that, the Bible says, if you believe that in your heart and you confess that with your mouth, that you will be saved, that you will enter into this relationship with God. So why don't we take a moment in prayer. And if this is you, if you're like, I need to uh, pray this, then uh, I, I would just ask that you set your heart, set aside every distraction, set your heart to God. And as I finish this prayer, would you say, yes, Jesus, I believe. So this morning, Jesus, we commit our lives to you. We thank, we thank you for your death, your resurrection from the dead. We thank you for your ascension to heaven. And Jesus, from this day forward, we're going to commit our lives to follow you, to seek you, and to ask after you.
Thank you for your forgiveness today, Jesus. I accept it. In Jesus' name, amen.